Hi, my name's Sam Breakgear and welcome to Brains Bite Back. Here at Brains Bite Back, we love to discuss all things relating to psychology, technology and our society. And you're listening to a very special episode because this is part of our mini series, The Most Dangerous Countries on the Internet. My guest today is a cybersecurity expert, inventor and the founder of Hypersphere AI a global decentralized cyber secure real-time network for e-services and e-commerce platforms, Eugene Verzen. Eugene will be speaking about Brazil and its cyber criminal underground landscape discussing the malicious practices and techniques used by Brazilian cyber criminals. And for our Neuron to Something piece, and we have a study which suggests people who watch more TV find thinner women more attractive, even in remote Nicaraguan communities. This episode is brought to you by Publicize. Publicize is a digital PR company that stands out from other legacy agencies. They don't charge large retainers or simply send out press releases when you have something to announce. Instead, they have a transparent and modular approach to PR that ensures you only pay for what you need. They refer to this approach as growth communications for everyone, and it makes them the default option for tech startups looking to take their first steps in PR. If you want more information, you can request a free PR assessment at publicize.co and find a tailored PR strategy that works for you. And exclusively for BrainSpike Back listeners, for a limited time only, those who sign up for a 12-month package will receive one month free. To claim this promotion, visit publicize.co slash BBB. Is it Portuguese, your name? No, no, no. It's Ukrainian. Oh, right. Are you from there originally? Yeah. Are you living in Brazil? I'm living in uh, San Francisco right now. So I travel a lot. Nice. Uh, And how did you end up going from Ukraine to San Francisco? Uh, Silicon Valley, you know. (laughs) It's it's an attractive melting pot. Brings all the best talent to to a very centralized location. Today we're going to discuss um, Brazil and its cybercrime. Uh, what made you choose this topic? Why is it something for you which you think needs to be discussed when it comes to the most dangerous countries on the internet? Ah, it's uh, basically my professional area. Everything what connects to the cybercrime. Um, I'm developing products like security products for mobile phones, for protecting email communication, for professional communication like radios, for police, firefighters, ambulance. So I study a lot different type of cyber attacks, how to prevent them, what we can do about it. And uh, basically it's option uh, hackers, right? pretty obvious uh, Chinese one. And, you know, Brazil is a pretty well-educated hackers there. Uh, yeah, and uh, not uh, much people know about this. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know about that. When you suggested Brazil and we were in contact, I was like, wow, I, d- I did not know that that would be one of the, the countries to look out for. Yeah, and this is why. It's not because I'm originally from there, but it's because people do not know much about it. But, you know, in one year, then they are able to steal $8 billion just uh, from banks. Damn. <laughs> it's, yeah, it, it, it's better to know something about them. Yeah. But before we get into talking about Brazil, I'd love to, um, for our listeners, have you explain who you are and what it is you do. 
Of course. I'm a cyber cybersecurity professional and uh, my last 15 years uh, is uh, all about engineering and invention in area of cybersecurity, professional communication and data protection. I'm uh, inventor of uh, Security Dynamic Network Protocol. Uh, it's a patented worldwide protocols which uh, create alternative to uh, well-known HTTPS, you know, this SSL TLS protocol. There's only one thing in the internet which protects web, right? And I invent other type of protection which used in professional communication and which used for very high security systems. So it's uh, my professional background and I'm involved in different projects uh, which aim to secure email communications, uh, messengers, phone calls, etc. And because of that, I need to know a lot about cyber crimes. I need to know about all type of hackers attacks. So I study a lot and I share a lot. So one of my goals is to share information about how to prevent cybercrime, how to prevent uh, cyber attacks. It seems like you're a very knowledgeable person when it comes to the international cybercrime um, landscape. So I suppose I, I definitely you've already got my confidence when it comes to the fact that Brazil seems to be one of the most unknown yet dangerous countries on the internet. But you also mentioned they're one of the most like well-educated. I mean, why do you think Brazil's cyber criminals are some of the world's most dangerous? You can see from the result, you know, uh, when you ask about something, how you know it, you can uh, check final numbers, right? <laughs> and final numbers is pretty big. Uh, in one year, they steal about $8 billion. If you check different countries, and this number pretty high, because the biggest problem of uh, Brazil hackers is uh, Portuguese language, really. <laughs> and that's why they attack only Brazil and Portuguese-speaking country. If they use a different language, I guess uh, these numbers uh, could be much, much bigger. So just imagine eight billion uh, from hacking from the bank, stealing from the bank uh, in one year only from Brazil. Well, let's hope their um, their education system doesn't improve or doesn't <laughs> improve their language skills. Or let, let's <laughs> let's hope it remains. Uh... Are not a priority for their education system <laughs> because if they become multilingual then <laughs> yeah this, this threat's going to get a lot bigger yes it's true and it's not a rich country right and this is not rich people and this is why they learn a lot about how to hack how to steal money how to basically if you check different type of cyber attacks around the world and for example, in US, it's a lot of about DDoS attacks, a lot of about some activists movement, something about politics, right? And in Brazil, it's mostly about money. So they need the money and they targeting everything, uh, whereas uh, they can steal something. And that's why a financial sector under attack and, and people, right? And regular people. So here we have a kind of situation where is a low level of education force people study a lot about IT, a lot of about security and cyber crimes. I know that um, Brazil has in the past like 15 years or so, I'm not an expert on this, but I believe that they've had a spike in crime. 
And I believe that crime as it stands now, it's quite a big issue for the country. And I think that's uh, one of the reasons why the president got became elected, because crime was such an issue there. Do you think that it's possible that when crime in a country like that becomes so prevalent, that cybercrime also spikes as well? potentially because maybe because crime is not more acceptable but it's like seen as a more feasible way of getting funds and of course if there's other crimes going on like murder or rape or like criminal gangs like operating physically then the cybercrime might take a backseat because if cybercrime is happening it's going to get less attention and people are going to be less afraid of it than if like murders are happening all the time. I'm wondering if like kind of protects the cyber criminals when there's more crime of other varieties going on. What do you think about that? It it makes sense. It makes sense uh, because of uh, a lot of physical crimes and police concentrated on this one. This kind of create a very good environment for uh, cyber crimes. In the same time, it is a interesting way of thinking of Brazilian. Uh, they are okay violating law, so it's a, like a country where is very similar to Russia, and a lot of uh, Brazilian hackers inspired by Russian hackers. And big difference between Russian hackers, uh, they're very organized groups. And they have a lot of uh, resources, I mean, internet resources in Darknet, uh, where they share information, they share tools for cyber attacks. In Brazil, uh, they kind of, a lot of individuals who study by themselves and not big groups. In physical crime, I mean, on the street, there are really groups of people. But in cyber crimes, it's not. Usually, it's a really, really solo you know, hackers. And this huge difference in organization, China and Russia, it's a groups, right? Brazil is individuals and can't find a lot of resources or groups in internet, in darknet, uh, where they're located. And for example, uh, for China and Russia, it, it, a lot of forums and website and Tor networks. But in Brazil, it's more about uh, messengers, it's uh, Telegram channels, it's uh, WhatsApp groups, whereas uh, small groups communicating. So this also big difference here, how they organize it. But by the end of the day, you think like that. This some person who have a laptop and he don't have a job and he need to feed the family and he sees this very simple way how to earn money is steal money. And because he's sitting at home with a laptop, he feels like he's in a secure environment and he can do any crime without any consequences. Something like that. Uh, murder on the street or robbing on the street, it's a much more dangerous for them than cybercrime. Before our chat, you mentioned that one of the things that really stuck out was there's tutorials for cyber criminal fellows, like training for upcoming criminals. And to me, that sounds like a university for aspiring criminals. I have in my head a really funny idea of it being exactly like it is like for university for any other kind of degree like marketing or, or architecture or something like that. I have an idea in my head of like a students applying and going through some university like they they apply to all the gangs and they try and get into the most <laughs> successful the most prestigious cyber criminal gang to to become a student and then, and then afterwards once they graduate they go on to do 
cyber criminal jobs and they're like oh so i see you got an honors in uh fishing techniques from uh this gang or this <laughs> this cyber criminal unit it's it fun but you are absolutely right and uh brazil is unique because they have it how does the process work like say if i'm a i'm 18 years old or i've just left school or I, i'm i've just dropped out of school there and i want a future as a cyber criminal like what would be the process so an initial stage when you are not educated you don't know much about it there are some uh, web resources they are kind of public uh, and you can read about very simple technique of doing some ddos attacks or basic uh, brutal force attack on on email or some a bank account and uh, then next level is a uh, closed groups whereas you invite only groups right and then there are unique uh, several things for Brazil. You know this much very popular model for software, like software as a service, right? And in Brazil, there is a, a crime as a service. <laughs> no joke, no joke. Uh, crime as a service, so for you, you're on level two and you have uh, some success and very basic stuff, you apply for job Basically, they, you receive a job to hack some account or steal some cards or something like that. And you receive some money for that. And you can uh, work online in, in this uh, such kind of platforms. So it's very popular or you can order something. So you need someone's account. You basically put your order and uh, wait for result. So this is level two. Right. And then uh, there are several, I would say, uh, black hat conferences, uh, invitation only, very close it. Best of the best could meet, exchange some knowledge, tools, even plan some future actions. And then next level, basically, if for China, for Russia, for North Korea, it's uh, groups like Advanced Persistent Threats, APT, right? Uh, These professional groups who perform some tax on banks or services. In Brazil, it's a bunch of individuals who are doing the same. Uh, we don't know much about big groups there, but individuals could perform very well. <laughs> a very, very famous story about Pablo Borges, right? He was 24 and he hacked more than 25,000 bank accounts and still about $85 million in, in one year. And you should understand that he steals this money and he use it. He bought uh, very luxury cars like Ferrari, like uh, Lamborghini. He drove it everywhere. So he lived like a superstar using this money. So this environment where you can commit a crime but be a public person to use this money, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I suppose it sets the example as well. If he's like flashing uh, his Lamborghini around and other people see that he's made his, yeah, his, his wealth from cybercrime, yeah. then other people are going to want to follow suit. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and he used a pretty simple technique. He published a lot of web uh, resources and he proposed to pay your bill with 50% discount. <laughs> and basically, uh, you provide him your bank credential for these payments, and he promised you 50% discount from every pay payment, but basically, he steal all your money. And in this simple way, he earned uh, more than $80 million. 
Where is he now? Is he in prison or is he still flashing his uh, Lamborghini? So official news, he was arrested. Okay, and prosecution, he start cooperate with the government and about how he did it and about other groups. And I don't know that after that he was in France and he lived normal life. So he wasn't in prison. So he created kind of agreement with the government. So no much official information about this case. So I cannot tell you, okay, this is uh, this and that, right? I don't know. But a lot of evidence that he had some agreement and he's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky him. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, and by the way, uh, it's also a very interesting thing about education, about uh, Brazil, uh, special uh, situation. They kind of divided into groups. So your idea is about this university. It works exactly like that. So one group is uh, basically developers. They create the tools and they educate people. And second groups is the uh, performers who use this tool and who perform the attacks. And this uh, uh, Pablo Borges, uh, he had a, uh, his friend, uh, university friend, uh, also 24 years. His name Leonardo Javier Fernandez. And basically, he was a software developer and he developed all the tool for uh, Pablo. So basically, these two people who work on this and a lot, a lot of such groups like that. You mentioned about how Pablo had to deal with the government. Are the police there really strict on this? Are they quite on top of it? Or have criminals been able to get away with this for so long because the police are not very knowledgeable or under-resourced or just don't have an interest in preventing this kind of crime? Um Last year in Brazil, police uh, increased number of professionals in this area. This is a big problem for them. Is the essence of cyber crimes in in Brazil because, for example, again, if we back to Russia and Ch or China, there's organized groups, so you can catch one person and basically by investigation find hold the group, right? But in Brazil, it's one person is just one person. <laughs> And it's not organized crime. It's many, many individuals. So this creates very uh, hard time for them to fight this uh, type of, of criminality. So my, my last question for you, which I'd really love to know more about, is how do you think this is going to change in five years' time? Like, How is this uh, cyber criminal landscape going to change? If they're now employing more talent to help tackle this problem, then it should be hopeful, right? We should see a decline or, or we should see some steps towards reducing the number of cyber attacks out of Brazil, right? I don't have good news about that. So in five years, we will see a transaction from web services to mobile services. And all online banking will be in your mobile, right? And in Brazil, WhatsApp very popular. Uh, and WhatsApp announced person-to-person -person payment in WhatsApp. So we can expect huge number of cyber crimes in this type of transfers, in this type of when, okay, give me this $1,000, I will buy for you a ticket with 50% discount, like public did, right? So attacks will switch from the desktop application or, uh, I mean, this bank system or POSs, uh, ATMs attacks to mobile attacks. And 
Right now, uh, Brazil number one uh, on phishing and SMS scam attacks in the world. So basically, it become a be only bigger because it will be a lot of small crimes with a smaller number in per transaction, but in general, number will increase. Wow, that's scary. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to be very cautious now if I receive any emails from Brazil. <laughs> I'm going to double check them, triple check them. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and the good news is that they are really Portuguese speaking, right? And they very have this closed community, Portuguese speaking countries and people. So that's why they are much more educated than other countries, but they're very localized. This is good news. <laughs> yeah i feel safe i feel safe i'm in colombia but i'm still uh at a distance and there's yes. still that language barrier just about so uh that's good to know eugene thank you for today i never had any clue that brazil was operating like this or had this kind of ecosystem of cyber criminals <laughs> um it's, it's been really interesting to hear about it if uh, people want to follow you and keep up with you and what you're doing, do you have any social media? Of course, of course. I have Twitter, Eugene AI, and Facebook, or I have a blog, eugeneverzoon.com. So please follow up. Awesome. Excellent. Eugene, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you very much. Once again, thank you to our sponsor, Publicize. If you want to find out more about their PR packages, the free resources they have available, or receive a free PR assessment, you can visit their website. And for a limited time only, Brains Bite Back listeners will receive one month free with a 12-month package at publicize.co slash BBB. You run to something. This study comes from Research Digest, and it states that a team led by Linda Boothroyd at the University of Durham has now published a set of studies to test how Western media impacts thin ideals. Their data suggests that TV exposure does indeed drive both men and women towards finding thinner female bodies more attractive. The team studied residents of seven villages in the remote South Caribbean coast autonomous region of Nicaragua. At the time of the research, these people had no access to magazines and generally no access to the internet. Over the past decade, the government has, though gradually, extended the electricity grid through villages in the area, making TV viewing possible. The article states that these people are mostly farmers and fishermen with relatively poor food security. It has been suggested that people in such communities tend to find fleshier people more attractive. So, if Western TV does have an influence, this would be a good spot to look for it. These data strongly support the proposal that visual culture may be a critical contributory factor in the development of attraction in modern humans, stated the researchers, who went on to say the data strongly suggests that visual media may be pushing preferences below the healthy optimum in nutritionally vulnerable populations such as ours. That's our show. I hope you enjoyed it. We've got more episodes to come on our mini series, The Most Dangerous Countries on the Internet. So stay tuned to find out where in the world it's most dangerous to look for Wi-Fi. You can listen to more episodes just like this at sociable.co or alternatively, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, so many places. Just Google us. You'll find us. Brains bite back. Until next time, take care. <laughs>